0: blue cards here, they're on the back table and also on the tables out in the foyer, and uh, we call them our connection cards, and if you're here and you would uh, so kindly fill one of these out, and there's a plastic box right behind the last table in this in this section right here, back here, uh, and just fill it out and put that in there, uh, we will not contact you or anything, we might just say, hey, we're glad you're here, something like that. Uh, we won't try to sell any land in the Dead Sea or anything like that. There's no no uh, connection uh, to come with this uh, this blue sheet. Also, if you're here and you have a prayer request, please do that. Or if you'd like to be in our text service and you're not, if you, we uh, we have a we send out about um, to 200 people about every week uh, text things that are going on here. Uh, and you haven't been getting that, please do that again, and we'll try really hard to get that to you, kids. Go ahead and uh, appreciate your mom not just today, but every day. Go to class. See you guys. I uh, want to thank my wife for uh, doing communion. She uh, is the mother of my three children and my uh, great uh, my grandchildren. From that, have uh, just what a gift uh, she has given. Uh, our family by being the mom that she was. And uh, I'm thankful for her and her influence on uh, her kids' lives, her grandkids' lives, and even some of you. And so she has been a blessing in my life. And so uh, I thank her for for, uh, sharing. Uh, She always shares in the back with the kids. And so uh, I, I appreciate her so much. Um, I appreciate the band this morning. I love having Abby and Michelle play off each other. I hope you did too. And just seeing how they just praise the Lord together. And then Cade back there doing his thing, Randy, and Wade on the drums. It's just a good morning. So uh, praise God for for our band. Let's pray and we'll get right into it. Jesus, we love you. And uh, (laughs) let's just face it. We are all a bunch of slugs sometimes. And uh, we, we mess up. And we say dumb things, and we do dumb things, and we treat people poorly. And most of all, God, that all those things kind of start up in our brain. And so uh, the, this mind that you gave us, this great gift that you gave us. And so today, uh, God, would you just do a work, help me to open my mouth where it needs to be, and shut it where it needs to be shut. Just do a work through this service today. Amen. 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 That means, yeah. Okay. So we've been in a, we've been in a series uh, called Real Problems. And uh, for the most part, I think some of you are, uh, the Lord is, is challenging you a little bit. And uh, last week we talked about my eye problem, that, that, that problem in us that uh, allows us to be a little selfish. And today I want to start uh, and talk about where does, that, where does that come from? Where does that come from? Well, it comes from the mind. Uh, when you talk about real problems, your mind is one of the one of the biggest problems that we as as people have. God gave us this mind as as a gift, uh, but if only people knew what went on in our minds, they might not like us so much uh, If I could get charlie up there to to take a couple of you and and to get you know, put a slide, a stick into your brain and, and then pull out all the thoughts that are in your head and then stick it up on the screen, it might not be a pretty picture. It might not be. Our minds are so complicated. Our minds are so, um, they're, they're just all over the place. One, one minute you can be, man, it's all good, and the next minute, life stinks in a, in a, in a hand bottle. It just, it's horrible. And the things that, that go on in that noggin of yours, it, it's, it's just kind of awful some days. Our minds can be a real problem. And the reality is not a one of us in this place, not a one of us online has our acts together with our mind. No matter how godly you are, No matter how good of a person you think you are, our minds are a place uh, of great uh, turmoil. A great battle rages in our minds. Uh, And so I want to come this morning to, to encourage you to know that your mind doesn't have to be exactly like some of our minds are. I want to begin with saying what I believe is a truly profound statement, and I've kept it with me for about 40 some years. I've been married 44, or so about 40 years. In Johnson, I went to Johnson Bible College, and there was a professor there called Bob Martin. And Bob Martin had this this saying that I'm going to put up here, and I've kept this in my arsenal. I don't know if it was if it was his original, but I've kept it for 40 years, and I I believe it with all my heart. This saying goes like this, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny, reap a destiny. Read that again to yourself. Just a second. Take, I, I don't care about silence. I don't care about sitting up here and looking dumb. You read that again. Would you do that? Just for you. It's not an overstatement this morning to say that your thought life can quite literally shape your destiny. And so this morning I want to send you home with three truths to help you in your mind problem because everyone if you're here you have a mind problem. I don't care if you think you're, you know, Mr. Or Mrs. Do Gooder, you ain't. You ain't. You ain't. The first truth is this. Our minds are a gift and they're a mystery from God. They are a gift. And they are a mystery from God. Your mind, the inner you, is this incredibly amazing, this amazing structure that God gave us. And it's what sets you apart from all the achievements of everything else in this world. All the other things that are on this world, your mind sets you apart from that. Because the Bible says you were formed in God's image. Not only that, but you were given an eternal soul. In a mind where you can have a relationship with the person who created you, where the, the one, the manufacturer, when he made you, he made you to communicate back to him. That's an incredible thought. That's an incredible thought. But we get so bogged down with the stuff of this world, we forget, we forget. Our place in this world because our place is not in all the muck. It is not in all the mire. It is we are a child of the king, and a child of the king has a mind and can communicate with the one that made us. You know, we we find we have such a hard time with that today because we try to get on the helplines and anything that says they have a helpline, you're sitting there and you're listening to music for 40 minutes and there nobody answers. And that's not the way it is with God. God wants to communicate with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to live with you. That's why he made you. It's an amazing invention that God placed inside of you. Neuroscientists tell us that your brain has approximately 100 billion neurons. Don't check out on me. And of those neurons, 1,000 connectors on each one. Let me say that again. A hundred billion neurons. That didn't just happen, Bucko. It didn't just happen. And I want to encourage you this morning to use some of those neurons and listen, not what just your ears, not to, to, to put away your phone and to listen and say, I'm going to make up my mind today that my mind is much, much more than I'm allowing it to be. My mind is causing me a lot of the problems and the shift that I have in this world. And the reason why I'm having so many, so much turmoil is because my mind, my mind is a mess. And so this morning, I, wanted to, I want to see if it doesn't include that the master that made you, the manufacturer that made you knows better than you. And it is your job now today to trust him, to trust him. Your inner man, your mind, it's a command center for your entire life. Your thought life is the reflection of who you are. That's who God made you. He gave you that mind so you could connect to him and know how to get through this horrible thing we call life that so many of you are struggling with. That's so many of you are just, your mind won't even let you go to sleep at night. And you, you, you say, I, I, I can't sleep, and I don't know why I can't sleep. And your mind won't shut off. There's a problem. You see, my, my thoughts govern my actions. Look what Proverbs says in 20, verse 20, or chapter 27. Um, my mind is, uh, as water reflects your face... So your mind shows what kind of person you are. Ouch. (laughs) Your mind shows what kind of person you really are. So I am what I think, and also I do what I think. So whatever it is you're thinking generally comes out in your actions. What you do starts here and it comes out here. My thoughts govern everything I do. And occasionally, you, you can think, think of it like that there's a good part of this and there's a bad part of it. You know, we, we all know people who, who get caught up in an affair and we, we go, oh, how did that happen? How did, how did, I thought they were together. I thought they were so together. And all of a sudden, it just happened. To just, it didn't just happen. In most cases, it maybe took months and years for them to fall apart and for somebody to come in and fill the gap. It didn't just happen. It started up here with with all kinds of dissatisfaction and not trusting and not thinking and not resolving. And it started up here. And then one day, they're not together anymore. That's a problem. That's the bad side of the mind. But there's a good side of the mind, too with the thoughts. Think how much innovation has started in the mind. Think how God has put incredible ideas in so many people's heads and so many incredible things have come out of the mind. So the mind isn't all bad. The mind is not all bad. It is a mystery and it is a gift. If you look at the positive side, whenever somebody does something great, it it always is, is attributed to the mind. Where did it start? It started up here. And so does the bad. There's two, there's two scriptures that I, I didn't put in here today. But I want, I, if you want to write these down, there, there are two. The first is this. It's Proverbs 4.23. And Matthew 12 says, it, says this. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. And then Matthew 12 says this. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if bad crud is coming out of your mouth, guess where it started? Not in the heart, in the head. Yes, it's in your heart, but it came in the head. Maybe we would say it like this. This is how it goes. And I think I might have put this on there. Uh, Can we go to the next one? I think maybe, maybe I didn't. Uh, Nope, I didn't. Okay, so here it is. My thoughts are like train tracks and my actions are like the locomotive. Think about it like that. My thoughts are like, are, are like train tracks. My actions are like the locomotive. They take me down the tracks. They take me where I go. And you can be sure that your actions will always follow your thoughts. Your mind is so, so powerful. God gave you the most powerful thing there is on earth. It's even still more powerful than anything that exists. The reality is this that the God of the universe decided to create in you a mind, a place where you could meet Him. That's why He gave you a mind. So when you meet Him, He can tell you how to live in the the stink of this world. In the Old Testament, in the portion of the Bible, when the followers of God thought about the presence of God, it was a far off thing for them because it was always in a tent. It was in a tent where a bunch of priests went and they didn't get a go. And in fact, the priest didn't even like to go into that place in the most holy of holies because in the holy of holies, they, they were, it was the, such fear because God was in the holy of holies. And in most, in most cases, if a priest went in there, what they would do is they would tie a rope around his leg and he would walk in there in case he died. Nobody wanted to go in and get him because he was going to die or he could die because the presence of God is so powerful. And so they would pull him out because nobody wanted to go in. That's the presence and the power of God. So let me, let me follow that up. Fast forward to the New Testament. That's now where God's presence comes, and it lives in every person who says, I believe. The presence of God lives in you, bucko. It lives in You. The, that same power that was in the Holy Holies, it's in you. That's why it's important where you take your mind. That's why it's important where you take your body, where you allow your body to go on the tracks and with the things you do with your mind and your body. That's why it's important because you're dragging God's presence into those places with you. Do you understand that? Because I think if we did, (laughs) we would change a lot of things in our own lives, in our minds. Your mind was meant to be a sacred place, a place where you meet God Your mind is the holy of holies. It is not a building. I was a youth minister for 30, almost 25 to 30 years. I got so much flack from people because of the way I treated the building. I still get flack from people. I don't care about the building. The building is not holy. This place isn't holy. That's why on Sunday nights we tear it apart and people are in there playing basketball. It is not holy. What is holy is you. It is not the building. It is not. A, it is not a place. You are holy. You are the most holy place. There is. There is none holier. I want to encourage you this morning to dedicate your mind to the purposes of God, to meet Him there, and to understand how much of a mystery it is. You're never going to figure it all out but also what a gift he gave you. You don't have to have somebody go to the Holy of Holies for you anymore. You go straight to him, straight to him anytime. And yet you won't get off your your, your kingdom and say, God, I need you. (laughs) You won't get out of your chair and say, God, I need to spend time with you. I'll spend time with everything else and hope that that works. But don't ask me to spend time with you. The place where he intended for you to meet the most high God. That leads us to the second truth I want to send you home with this morning. Not only is your mind a gift and a mystery, your mind's a battlefield. Your mind is a battlefield. And the Bible says it's a spiritual battle that goes on there. The evidence for the devil is, is everywhere. And those of you that have a hard time with thinking that there is a devil, I want to say to you today, you better re-examine that. Because if you're here and you don't believe the devil, I, we need to talk. We need to talk. And I know there's some people that say, well, God, God wouldn't allow the devil to do all... The devil's loose. And he is running amok. He loves to take the things that God created, the good things that God created, and make them stink. He took, God intended marriage to be so good, and so many marriages are not. We barely talk. We barely barely say anything that's real. He intended for sex to be incredible and he has shredded it to this, this thing that it is right now that it's, it's, it's anything goes with anybody, with anywhere, with any time. He took music and, and took this thing that is so incredible and that leads us to the kingdom, leads us to God and he, he takes that and he has perverted it. Everything the devil touches, somehow he turns to something that, that catches us. And our minds are where that stuff comes in. You see, the, the God of, of, the, of the heavens, he blessed us with this earth. He blessed us with material things. He blessed us with those things for a reason. And you know what's happened? We've end up worshiping the material things that he gave us and not the one who gave us the things. That's the truth, folks. We worship the things that God gave us, but not the God that gave them to us. And we pursue those things rather than we would pursue God. Look what 2 Corinthians says. It says it this way. We do not live in the world. What? (laughs) Okay. But we... Or we do live in the world, but we do not fight in the same world the world fights. Okay, so we do live in the world, or don't we? Oh, we do. We live in the world, but we don't fight the same way the world fights. We fight with weapons that are different. Do we? Do we? Our weapons have a power that God can destroy the enemy in the strong places. We capture every thought and we make it give up and obey Christ. Do we? Do we? You need to understand that the greatest battles of life are fought in the chambers of your mind. They're lost or won right here. And some of you, the battles that are going on in your mind, they're not today's battles. They're battles that you fought when you were a kid, they're battles that you fought when you were a child. There are a lot of us in this room that several times a day push the rewind button on our mind and we go back and we relive those crazy, horrible experiences of our our youth. What happened years ago and it's still impacting us today. And my friends, that is wrong. That is wrong. God didn't intend for us to be shaped by by the past today. He wants us to be something today, something he's calling all of us to be. In our minds, we really wonder, will it ever really go away? Can God really change us? And so we seek other ways for God God to maybe bring something to us, to bring some kind of victory. You see, my mind is a battlefield And all the battles that happen there, one of the biggest ones is the battle of temptation. Here's a fact, and it's good news. I have some good news for you before I get into the bad news. The good news is this. Your temptations are never going to go away. That's good news? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You live in in a messed up world. The Bible tells it, again and again and again. We live in a world that is rusting, decaying, molding. It is set to destruct. It is set to destruct. And we live in this world, whether we like it or not. And it's good news because God wants you to learn, church. God wants you to learn, people. He wants you to know how to live in this world, to overcome, and to live with real victory in this world, so that your life lived out in victory can show somebody else it's possible. So that your life, when, when, the, when the suck comes at you, you can say, I'm more than a conqueror. What does that mean, I'm more than a conqueror? What's more than? It, it, there's nothing. There's nothing that God can't conquer through us. There's nothing. I am more than a conqueror. But we don't live like that. We live like we are the conquered. We live like we're in chains. We live like we're tethered to this this, this thought that the devil knows and has this secret over God, and God isn't gonna do anything until we get to heaven. That is baloney. It's baloney. As a believer, you've been set free from the power of sin. Jesus came to set you free. He doesn't want you going around in some of the circles that you're going around in. The fear and the worry and the distrust. He doesn't want you there. James 1 says this, 14 and 15. We are tempted by our own desires that drag us off and trap us. We're tempted. Our desires make us sin, and when we sin, it is It is finished with us. It leaves us with a problem. And the problem is we become dead. We become dead. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit is capable of discerning what is healthy or unhealthy in every one of you here today. Adultery is like that in the mind. It's it's one of those things where you see in Matthew 5 where where Jesus is talking about adultery and he says, where does it happen? It doesn't doesn't just happen in the physical act. It happens when a guy looks at a woman and says, hubba, hubba, hubba. (laughs) And he takes that hubba, hubba, hubba somewhere else and it leads to something else. It happens in the mind don't love the world don't love the world or anything in the world so important to understand this morning so so important the third thing I want to send you home with the third truth God helps me change the way I think you don't change the way you think if you think you can change the way you think, <laughs> you wrong. you wrong, 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 wrong. Only God helps you change the way you think. Romans 12 says this. I think I put it up there, didn't I? I did. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Dang. Ouch. But let God transform you into a person by changing the way you think. Then you'll know what God wants you to do. Anybody don't know what God wants you to do? Could be because of that. Could be because you bought into the world. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. Then you'll know. He didn't say you'll change by joining the church. He didn't say you'll change by by getting in a life group. He didn't say anything like that. He didn't say you'll have a really uh, a crazy Pentecostal on fire, lighted up kind of a deal, and he'll change like that. No, that's not what he said. He said, Paul's talking about your bodies. He says, when we present our bodies to God, it's an act of worship. Our body is the vehicle through which I interface And I interact with the world around me. It's the locomotive. It's where I go. It's where I go. See, I must let the Holy Spirit rewire how I think about this. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. You cannot. You can try and try and try. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And the Holy Spirit lives in you the same one that those people were afraid and tied a rope on to the priest as he went into the Holy of Holies. That same Holy Spirit is in you. Suppose you want to grow a flower. We have some really good flower people around here. In fact, you're going to start to see some of their flowers take take shape outside. They just got them planted this last week. I love that flower group. They're so funny. They just, man, they're good, at, they're good at flowers. The Flowers are their thing. But you know what? You can't really grow a flower. All you can do is take the flower and put it in the pot and water it and put some things on it. And then the growing is up to God. The growing is up to God. You, none of these people, even though they're good, they can't make a flower grow. Can't make a flower grow. You're just not going to do it. The same thing is with your thought life. You and I are totally helpless to transform our thought lives. All we, all we have to do is, is allow the Holy Spirit to do it. And it's, it's, it's our part to open our minds up, to transform our minds by, by presenting ourselves to God in a new way and saying, God, I don't want to, I don't want to buy into what the world is buying into and I'm going to buy into what your Holy Spirit is allowing me to do. And this is what's hard for all of us today, because this is not something that all of us are easily doing. It's not something that we're readily open to do. Because we we we're not wired that way. <laughs> we're wired to get results so quick. So, so quick. First John says this, and I didn't put this down either, but first John 2 5. Listen. Don't love the world or anything that belongs to the world. If you love the world, there we go. If you love the world, you don't love the Father. I love that version. Let me say it one more time. Don't love the world or anything that belongs to the world because if you love the world, you don't love the Father. The Bible is saying that the world is out for your thought life. The battlefield is up here. There's a lot of competition for your affection. There's a lot of competition for your attention. And Jesus wants you to know. He wants you to know that he has a better way for you. If you follow up in in that Matthew 5 where he's talking about the problem with adultery, he says if a a man is in his mind and he looks at a woman and he's committed adultery, then he says this in verse six. Listen what he says: If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. That's radical. That's radical. You got to be kidding! Can he be? Can he be serious that that he, that he means that we're supposed to gouge out something that? I think he's saying if there's whatever it takes, Jeff, <laughs> whatever it takes, you, whatever it takes to live this life that's holy, do it because it's worth it. It's worth it. It's so worth it. The bottom line is this. Stop buying what the devil is selling because it doesn't last It's going to all go away. Everything he's selling you is going to pass away. Everything God has for you is not just here. It's for all eternity. Psalms 46.10 says this. I think I put this on the the screen. So how do I do this? How do I do this? I think it starts with this. I love this verse, and I've been doing it. I've been telling you the last couple years... This has revolutionized my life because I'm not naturally a still person. But he says this, be still and know that I'm God. When's the last time you were still? When's the last time you had anything other than 50 billion things going through your head? How many times have you just sat down and said, God, I'm here, fill me up. God, I'm here, God. What do you, you want to say to me? What do you want to bring to my mind? Oh, yeah, the, the, the yard needs to be moved. Oh, yeah. The, no. See, I know those things come when you do this. Because I, I spent a year trying to get de- de- programmed from sitting down trying to be still. It is the best time of my week is being still and knowing that God. Every time I can do it, even if it's five minutes, it's the best five minutes of my day. It's the best five minutes of my of the week, if that's all I give. this morning, I, I got up and I, I got up early and I, I was getting ready to turn the TV on and see some things. I, no, because I knew I was coming here, <laughs> and I sat down and I just I just was quiet. and god God just impressed upon me so much how much he loves you guys, and how much he cares for each one of you, but also how much he hurts. Because some of you are so far off. You're so far off and you think you're not. You think you're close to God and you think you love him and you, you, believe, and you probably do, but your love isn't taking you down the tracks. Your love isn't going where, towards where he wanted you to go. And so this morning, how I close our time together is, is to say this. Be still and know that He's God, because when you know that, everything you're going through, everything you're going through, becomes a little bit easier to go through. Did I say you won't go through it? No. <laughs> Did I say you wouldn't still be crying and hurting and having trouble sleep? No. I said, but you'll. God will do something, something that only God can do. Let me pray as the band comes. So Jesus. Thank you for our mind. Thank you for the gift of our mind that you gave it to us. God, help us to start using it for you and for the kingdom. And not just for our own benefit.